This is the ModPod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Mod Pod. The three topics we have lined up for you today are what does technology look like in a hybrid office? Uh, the impact of working remotely and how that affects the delivery of a project and 24 by 7 working. Is it a good or bad thing? And with me today to discuss this, we have Paul Hume, who is a project manager, and we have Tom Scott, who is senior product manager. So without ado, gents, let's crack on. I think the, the concept of hybrid working has always been around for for, for quite for, 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 for years now. But what we've seen, particularly in over the last 12 months since the, um, the, the COVID pandemic started, is that the idea of remote working, hybrid working, and indicated through the adoption of teams globally has increased massively. I think there's always it's always had a place, but what's been proved is that it's possible for all businesses to sustain working um, remotely, people to, to function remotely, and people have started to see the, the benefits of this through the work-life balance. Lots has been written about the benefits of working from home, um, people's mental health and everything that goes with it. Um, and and I'd just like to talk a bit about technology within the, the, the office now, that as people start to go back. So, at the way things are going at the moment, people are going to be invited back to the office. Some of the customers I'm working with are starting to invite um, people back to the office. Um, they're not forcing them, but if people feel comfortable, they're making the office available to them where it wasn't before. And we're having lots of discussions around how technology in the offices can support this idea of hybrid remote collaboration working we've seen with um, with people based at home. So we're doing this virtually, people were used to working virtually, and the technology that goes in offices is now going to have to cater for that. So it's not going to be an entirely remote meeting, or it's, excuse me, very rarely going to be an entirely in-person meeting. There's going to be people joining from all over the place, from room systems, from their desks, from home, from the mobile, and, and it's really the technology element has to now step up and support that. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And we, you know, we, we, we've we talked a lot in the past, I guess, about, um, you know, do people want to go back to the office, all that sort of stuff. But I, I guess in order to be able to sort of fathom this one out, we probably need to have a look at what sort of setup we've had before, mm. because, you know, that's that's going to be sort of fairly important as to, you know, know where you're starting from. Um, and I think an awful lot of offices will have been effectively cleared out um as people got sent home um you know so it might well be a case of you know we've had we've had desktops we've had laptops the meeting room equipment has been very much you walk in and plug in obviously we've had skype rooms team rooms etc which make life an awful lot easier um but you're right if you know if if we look at you know probably the majority of hmm, call them sort of 
traditional organizations so we're not looking at manufacturing and things who obviously you can't take your machinery home um you know you've got legacy equipment in there so what sort of legacy quick kit have you got are you going to have i guess you know 40 50 percent of your staff working from home at any one time whatever it is i mean they're just arbitrary numbers i'll just pick them out of the air but you know what I guess what what needs to change from that perspective because you know i've got a laptop if i go into the office i still work off the laptop i probably even actually i'm probably fairly lazy and join video calls etc from the desk i'm sat at i think you'll find at least for the coming months when we go back into the office that um meetings with four or five people in the same room is probably going to be frowned upon uh, well, you know, well, actually, there were there were meeting room limits, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, are those? I, I take it those aren't being lifted. I I don't know. It'd be unlikely. Hmm. It'll no. have to be a phased approach. It'll be like I said. I think even if it has been lifted, the employees would be feeling that hmm. you know. Well, they would prefer to do your lazy approach, Pete. If uh, sit, sit, I'm sitting lazy. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking the taking the meeting at the desk, yeah. uh, using the laptop. Yeah. So, right. future. so so the equipment that people use i think on a personal level probably isn't going to change is it i mean we're, we're talking about what network infrastructure i guess is going to be under scrutiny because yeah i guess we've gone from one extreme where everyone's in the office to well the majority of people are in the office to the other extreme where everybody's out the office so we're now going to move into a, an environment where the internal and external networks need to be able to perform well enough and all the various components firewalls switches la 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 um but the meeting equipment uh, i think so i was going to say i think the meeting equipment for me i think is probably the one which is what happens there it's got to be a consideration for people i mean from what we've seen what i've seen talking to people talking to customers is is that um, for customers that had it beforehand, there's uh, and they had the video video conferencing equipment installed already. Um, the people using it's very much if if people have adopted Teams, how they how that connects into it or how it connects into whatever um, cloud video conferencing solution being used um, being used now, how those things those video conferencing units interact with them is a big part of it. Um, the other thing that we've seen is that um, there's now a demand for that, that for this technology that wasn't there before that in order to stay in touch with people thinking of some industries where video conferencing was always people a bit suspicious of it even in this day and age it's very quickly become the norm that mm. we've all had to do um we've done zoom quizzes at the height of lockdown i think it's fair to say everybody kept in touch with friends with drinks on on zoom zoom has become the the, the sort of word now for video is used everywhere in the media to to describe but it means video conferencing the yeah, stigma don't, don't, don't mention that to microsoft <laughs> no, no of course not no it's teams teams course and everything yeah but um it's it's the stigma's gone so people want to do it people see it as a as a vital tool to working so there's there's two parts to it there's almost the continuing working as they people have done before but if that culture was never adopted in an organization and it has been done over lockdown and now people go back to the office 
what equipment do you put in there? Like what 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 network considerations are there? Was your network optimized to run real time video? So uh, actually, so so listening to you there, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, I think the without the pandemic, video would have taken a very very long time to to work its way in. Now it's just rammed its way into absolutely everything. Um, so you are now you know in in a position where was your network ready for people to work from home probably yes because you know people have had access and and, and etc for for some time are you ready to run video across your estate is probably a very different question uh, certainly we've got uh, speaking to one customer this morning actually where they they actually have some hard figures on um pre-pandemic where they had around 8% of their calls of video calls. That's now up to nearly 35, 40% on our video calls. So the, the bandwidth considerations alone are, are making them nervous about uh, what's going to happen. Um, following on, I mean, what we're talking about before, where a typical conference in, in an office where you'd have 10 people in, in, a, in a room with maybe one or two people dialing in or video conferencing in, those numbers are going to reverse around. So you'll have eight or nine people dialing in with two or three people in, in, in the actual office. So, yeah, bandwidth considerations is, is, is definitely there. Yeah. And what about the equipment in the room then? So, I mean, we've got we've obviously got Teams rooms, um, which are probably nicely covered in dust now. Um, but we've got equipment that means that we can join by Teams. So any internal comms, that's actually quite simple for us. Not everybody's in that position um if you haven't got that right kind of equipment because you weren't on the team's June, maybe you're a you know cisco house for your vc and, and all that sort of stuff what are your options then because apart from going out and buying brand new kit yeah and and even if you were to go out and buy a whole load of brand new kit tomorrow it's not going to instantly install itself. You're going to have, that's going to take a long time to deploy and decommission old stuff. Um, the well, well, if when it comes to to Teams, you've got the cloud video interop service, which gives you that um, um, integration for standards-based video endpoints. So, or standards-based, sorry, it's just SIP or H323 video conferencing rooms. Anything that's not a Microsoft Teams room or a Skype room system, can you can use that bridging service to join into into Teams meetings. Um, and and then it's it's finding a service to to help you um, to look at the use case for it to see what what sort of calls you'll be making what meetings you're joining from that um, legacy infrastructure and then then helping shape a strategy around that I mean ultimately if if people have got a big investment in their um, uh, VC kit they've got some really nice kitted out rooms the equipment in there's good for a while the cameras and the microphones are all high quality then then you're not going to be in a hurry to rip those out what you need is then a, a solution to to give you the interop and the simple user experience to get into into teams meetings and also any other kind of meeting as well for that matter mm. um there is a when when looking at this space there's a temptation just to think internally that it's all teams whereas there's lots of other cloud meeting platforms now and to have a truly um inclusive uh video conferencing set up you need to consider the dialing out way to other people's meetings as well as into your own ones 
So it needs to be a bridging service that does all that. And, and the crucial thing is the user experience that that delivers. If something's complicated, then people are going to be put off it instantly. I mean, that's the beauty of Teams. You just click join and you, you come into it. That's why it's been so quick to adopt for everybody and supported everyone working remotely. Mm. So, so are we are we entering into a position now then where the big players, the Microsofts, the Cisco's, the, the Zooms, are going to have to look seriously at having agnostic services across the board. There was something announced, um, at, at, I think it was at Ignite a couple of years ago, where Microsoft, Zoom and Cisco all got together and, and, and said there was going to be more interoperability natively between the three platforms. Um, then that was, the, that was the year before the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, and um, to the best of my knowledge, nothing, nothing more has come of it. So, but, well, I, but I guess, given... I, I guess everybody went into a sort of emergency mode, mm. didn't they, to try and bolster yeah. their 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 existing platforms? Oh, absolutely! Everybody, all of a sudden, the, the idea of integrating in meeting rooms, so in in office meeting rooms, was redundant because nobody was going in offices. Mm. But um, I think it's definitely something that's going to need to be considered, even if not by the big players, by people in integrating this because you could have one you 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 don't want to you want to make the technology as invisible as possible to the users and it's just a simple simple experience for it to get into it you don't want to have to, people to have to worry about knowing that this is a zoom meeting this is a teams meeting this is a life size meeting and nice. i do these different things for them you just want one simple experience for them it's click here isn't it that's all we want correct yeah yeah and yeah. same for everything so mm. so i mean you know obviously we you know, we've we've got solutions around this. Um, I do wonder whether or not organisations are thinking about the practicalities of opening the office, how they're going to keep people socially distanced, everything cleaned, all of that sort of stuff, but not necessarily looking at what they're going to have to address as far as this hybrid office goes. No, and I think it's I think it's fair to say nobody really knows what it's going to look like as well, um, and how it's going to work with everybody going back. Like what what people's appetite is for getting back into the offices is going to be very much a personal decision. Four times a year, that's it. Once a quarter, yep. I go. With. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, in a full on like mask and everything that uh, yeah, get the germs away. Yeah. Um. So, and it 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 and it it depends. There's so many factors that 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 come into it now that um that weren't there before covid so it's going to be something that that is going to evolve um i think my i personally think there's going to be a big spike in everybody going back into the offices initially because we've all been stuck at home working and it'd be nice to go and see people in the office um for a bit um but um i i some other people might have other other opinions on it but i think there might be a bit of a bit of a spike and then people will go back to having got that out of the system or realize and then go back to the bit more of the work-life balance of of working from home and at which point cool. they'll really settle in so all right well that sounds sounds fairly reasonable i think you know um basically in short we know something is going to need to be done but we don't know what it is yet until people start doing it uh, <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think, you know, bandwidth by the sounds of it, equipment interaction, uh, sorry, interoperability is mm -hmm. going to be the next key thing. Um, 
yeah it'd be interesting to see how it pans out but uh okay shall we uh move on and tackle topic number two sure yeah. So since the uh, since the pandemic, we've obviously had a lot of more people working from home, and uh, just want to talk a little bit about the uh, the impact that has on on projects and and how we feel um, us three feel about what that impact has been and <clears throat> what the experiences have been uh, managing a project during the pandemic. I I, I know for me um, there is definitely pros and cons. Uh, I've seen um, an uptick in attendees uh, to meetings so what i've what i've been finding is if, if we have a uh, a workshop that's for three hours for example if we were doing that um, on site at the customer site that's a big ask to get 10 people in uh to stop working for three hours and and to focus on just this, this topic that we that, that we've come in to talk about but what i've found is uh, because it's remotely and people are just dialing into this they're far more accepting of taking that time out because they can essentially keep on working and they're just there for uh, informational. So the, whereas before they would speak to the boss and say, yeah, I don't really need to be at this one. Uh, it would be useful to find out or I might be needed for four or five minutes for a single question, but I don't need to spend three hours there. Now it's it, it's less of a it's less of an issue. They'll, they'll just attend and they'll just crack on with the work. And if they need it, so they, what, so what you're saying is, is that working remotely has given you a far better attendance of people not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, critically though, if if we need an answer to a question, and we've got a, we're talking about something, and we need some, somebody from networks, and if we ordinarily there's no way the network guy was going to spend three three hours of his time for his day to be at that call, but now he could be cracking on with his work, and he's just there instantly. Mm. You can just say, oh, Dave. What about X, Y, Z, and you can do that? But yeah, <laughs> you're quite right. I do. I do think it's interesting actually because there there is I think a um, with working remotely and just just in in general, there's almost a suspicion building up that if you haven't got video on, you're actually working on something else in the background, <laughs> um, which I suspect yeah. in many cases is is probably true. Um, <laughs> But the, the, I mean, the initial question you sort of raised about how does how does that deliver, uh, you know, impact the delivery of projects? Um, I think from from my side, um, there's almost been a change, and, and it's going to be weird because I think there's from the consultancy delivering perspective versus the PM perspective. It'd be interesting to work out what happens, but when you have um a delivery and you've got a consultant on site and people in the room like like we used to do in the old days yeah um it would be a body in your office who you didn't know who you were paying for to be there to deliver something and there was almost a a, a real focus on we've got the consultant in for these number of days and yeah. things would be made to happen in order to accommodate it um what i'm seeing I guess in in the way that projects are being delivered is that we've gone from having a consultant delivering a project. Now, in part, this is versus you know Skype versus um, you know Skype online versus uh, sort of 
Microsoft 365 projects. So there is a, a slight difference in there. But because everybody's not in the room, I get the feeling that you have a workshop with people and they attend. They might not pay attention, but they attend. And then you agree some actions and then they go away and they deliver. And it might be two or three days later that they then come back and say, yeah, we've done this. And then we crack on with the next piece of the project and deliver this and build this or configure it, whatever it's going to be. And then there's a little gap again. So it's turned into this much more spread out, fragmented type approach. Now, that could be the nature of the projects. Or yeah. it could be that because you haven't got anybody or everybody physically in the same place focusing on it. The attention yep. to get it driven across the line in your X number of days that you've got consultant on site. Yes, I'm. A you're not wrong. So ha having someone on site gives you an inbuilt urgency towards that, that project deliverable. Um, and th there's no getting away from it. That, that, that's just, hum that's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. You, like you see, you'll have a guy on site. You, you just don't want him. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the interesting thing um, for me was that thinking back to, as you said, in the good old days of, um, of, of when you were allowed to go and see people, um, the idea of, um, a consultant had to be on, on site for a full day. So thinking from a business perspective, you had to be on site for a full day to make it worthwhile. The idea of a half day, unless two offices were next door to each other, it was never really going to work because they, they couldn't. Um, so if you went, so they because obviously they'd have to travel, you know, from our point of view as, as modality, it wouldn't make commercial sense to do only do a, a half day where possible. But I guess working remotely now as consultants delivering it, you can jump between three or four customers. You can do yeah. different calls a day because you are no longer having to go to three or four different sites a day. Yeah. So and that for sure is what we're seeing, Tom. Yeah. That is for sure. I mean, yeah. And and to, to your point that around if a project is taking longer, you haven't got that urgency of right, we've got them today. The if you think of a day of eight hours, we've got those eight hours today. We've got to get it all done. They can think, well, actually, we've got we've got a day of consultancy time, but we can, we'll do this bit here with availability and this bit here and this bit here. And it, it fragments a bit and there's not necessarily the finite stop at the end of it um, because you're not on site. You're not you're not there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on Wednesday at five, you sort of right, well, almost sorry, guys, times times up. If um, best effort, it will try our best to help. But it's the at the end. Sorry, go on, Paul. From a project manager's point of view, it, it it gives flexibility to the project being able mm. to do this. So if we do have any delays, if there's a delay for any reason whatsoever, uh, and the consultant's on site, that's that day gone. If he can't w work on that project whilst he's on site, for, like I say, for any that that day is gone. Whilst he's working remotely and we have that delay, he can very quickly shift to a different one. So it from it it's great for me because it it. It adds flexibility. Undoubtedly, the overall timeline for the project does suffer because we don't have, as you said, that inbuilt urgency of having somebody mm. on site. So there is for sure uh, positives and negatives to this. What do, you, what do you think would happen if you tried to replicate the old school on-prem, everybody in a room with remote technology then? Well, you can leave it. You can leave a bridge open all day, can't you? And yeah, and, mm. and you could crack on and and run your workshops and have people dropping in and out. It's whether or not that would actually 
practically work because you've got whiteboards and stuff obviously and you know you can mm. you can draw things talk about things i just don't know whether or not people would sort of have a look at it and go oh it's an eight-hour meeting uh no yeah. i haven't got <laughs> enough energy left to, <laughs> to be able yeah. to entertain that i do i do think actually that on that point um the length of workshops etc has in my mind also shrunk because i don't think people can concentrate for three hours four hours effectively whilst working remotely no Pete, let's let's be honest they never could when it was um, in in office either three four it was it was always a big <laughs> ask these the, the long workshops um mm. but i mean yeah to, to your point you, you you know that you know the people where they'll come on on video and then after about five minutes the video will switch off and then as we're wrapping up the video will pop back up again. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you get the you, you get the oh sorry I missed that or uh, oh, sorry yes. I didn't quite catch that what was it? <laughs> it's like I wasn't listening to the question. I'm going to be grown up about it and say I was doing something oh, else. <laughs> sorry, Pete, my internet's going off. Can you repeat what you just said? There it was very garbled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, amazing how the quality on the recording of this will still pick up what you've said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I I get the impression, and I think you know when you look at it from a billable perspective from our side, um, having people work on you know on multiple projects, etc., is you know is is fine and it's great, and most of our people are 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 used to doing that kind of thing, but. Um, you know, it does make that whole sort of process much more complicated. And I think if you're doing milestone billing against projects rather than time and material, you have to watch out that your milestones don't get pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah. No, I, so I, yeah, I, 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 I think we might well see a you know sort of different sort of commercial angle coming into to how projects get covered off from that perspective. I don't know what it is. No, indeed, yeah. It, it, it's it's something that needs to be addressed. I, I have to say, I mean, we've been doing this for nearly a year now. Um, I haven't had any pushback at all from from any customer um, on how projects have been delivered. Um, well, quite That's the good. opposite. You know, the, 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 they seem to enjoy this flexibility we're able to provide them. Um, whereas before, you know, we'll have days booked in. And they're stuck to that date. So we see we've got a guy booked in for next Tuesday. They've they've got to work and book and you know sometimes move mountains to get that sorted. Where now that they've given that extra flexibility, but you're quite right. We have to be careful, and and it's part of the project manager's job to ensure this doesn't happen, that they don't um, yeah gild the milestones. Yeah, example, absolutely. Because that's that's where we're going to point the blame, right? Mm. You. Oh, 100. <laughs> it always is. It's part of the job description. <laughs> what, fall, fall out. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's interesting though, because I mean, you know, there, there is I think, a, uh, you know, a definite shift in the way the sort of projects being delivered now. I, I think that's probably unavoidable. Um, I guess you know the other question coming back to the first thing we talked about is when the offices start to open up, are people going to want to go back to having consultants on site? I don't. I mean, I think from our perspective, we'd be foolish if we started just sending people back to site just because we can. I mean, commercially, I think, it doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, well, it doesn't. And you know, from for me, you know, I 
I'm going to sound like a right miserable so and so, but you know I quite often view travel time as as you know wasted time. Um, I'm not great at working on you know trains or whatever, um, and so I end up sort of you know reading, which is great quality time for me. That's that's not a problem, but I could lose four or five hours or add five, four or five hours onto a day. Whereas I think, you know, if we if we returned back to that kind of process and, you know, when you're dealing with things like police forces and stuff like that, then fine. Yes. OK, you have to be on site because of security. La la la. That's great. Um, but in general, I think we would be foolish to just automatically default back to going into customer site just because. It narrows our market as well, Pete, doesn't it? It means that we can only deliver projects to where we've got consultants geographically based, whereas if it's this virtual model allows us to deliver consultancy services that in previous, I'm thinking in a previous life in a user adoption role, you'd, if, if, if they wanted training in Mexico City, which I remember vividly, um, you, you, I had to go to Mexico City to do it. But in a virtual world that it doesn't, necessarily matter the type the only thing to take into account are the the time zones yeah well, bear in mind I'm, I'm moving to the seychelles next week so oh of course yeah then uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think though um cool okay so i mean i i, I guess in you know we don't again we don't know how, but it's it's we don't know how it's going to work out long term but for the short term it, it sounds like projects are largely running still successfully I think it's, you know, there are gaps in there around the decision making because you book one meeting and you might have to do it, yep. you know, a couple of days later after they followed up on things. But so, yes, it's different, but no, it's not a negative impact. And it's also sh showing some exciting opportunities um, moving forward on, on how we actually deliver projects moving forward post pandemic. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's two down. Should sure. we try the last one? Well, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this last one, but I'm going, to, I'm going to go I for it. I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's try topic number three. So, um, we've been chatting uh, a couple of my colleagues about... Um, when when do you stop working on an on a night? At what point do you stop working and stop the project management and actually sit down and switch off? And I think this is not this is nothing to do, oddly, nothing to do with the pandemic. This is this is something that's been creeping in for as long as a mobile phone has been able to receive email. This has been going on, creeping in. But I, I feel as well that um, I'm practically a 24-7 office worker now. I'm contactable, reachable at any point, any time. And although there's no expectation that I'll respond, you do. <laughs> it's just well, you Tom, get that ping. Let, let me let me throw this to you, Tom. Do you think he's a fool? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Five o'clock finish, mate. You're, done. We both agree. You're completely <laughs> in the wrong mate. Well, listen, no. I can forward you emails I'm getting from you at certain times of the day that shouldn't be sent. So it's hey. oh, did you? Oh, early oh. in the morning. Early in the morning, yeah. you get from me very early. Well, yeah. no. is that as foolish as seven o'clock at night? <laughs> no, six thirty no. in the morning. 
yeah, I know what so, you mean. I mean, to <laughs> uh, so, so my, my approach, I think, really is um, laptop on at quarter seven, seven, quick check, look at things. Then it's into sort of breakfast and school and all of those kind of bits and pieces. You know, um, I guess laptop goes off eight, nine, ten, but I'm not sat in front of it at that point. You know, it will be, no. yeah, if I need to turn out some documents or whatever it is, then fine. Yeah, okay, it happens. Um, but the general run of the mill, I would say I'm pretty much down tooled by seven, half past six, seven, somewhere around there. Um, and then I use my, as you said, my mobile device, which follows us around yeah. um, just to keep a tab on things. Because obviously we've got people in the US, et cetera, that, you know, you kind of need to be available for. Um, but then when it comes to the end of the, you know, the end of the evening, that phone gets left downstairs. So yes. for me, beyond that sort of point, it's gone. I think I might be over-exaggerating when I say I'm 24 seven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, the mobile, if the mobile goes off at two o'clock in the morning, I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not hearing it. It is in a different, in a different room. I think that's, um, it's, it's more of the case of, yeah, it, it, even, oh God, I'm going to, you think I was foolish before, even if I'm on a holiday and I've got me out of office on, out of office doesn't mean you stop getting emails. It just means you're telling other people that you're out of office. That email still, still reaches you i see there and and short of yes yeah, switch, switching that off entirely um which you know that's not a necessarily a bad thing to do is to switch it off entirely and i'm sure a lot of people a lot of people will do that i, I personally don't uh, when i go on holiday i've typically got you know between eight and 15 projects on on the go that i'm intimately knowledgeable about uh, that I've handed over to other project managers, but there might be something that they'll come across that's a big issue uh, that I'll resolve in a couple of minutes. So the okay. email will come in, but, and I might not even be tuned on it. I might be just CC'd in on that one. But if I know the answer, hmm. I'm not not going to respond to that if I know that's going to help out a colleague. So I, I, I know from my, my own personality type, right, is, yeah, okay, I sort of have that type of typical day that i've just described um but when i go on holiday i do quite literally shut my phone down i set my out of office i set my voicemail i close it down what i do say is to each of the team leads and to you know steve and jason and, and various other people this is my personal number if you need me call me and I will absolutely respond. That might be an but issue in the meantime, for me. But in the meantime, it's like, you know, there are certain areas of the, of the organisation who will just go, oh, I'll, you know, I know Pete's on holiday, I'll just ping him a quick note, see if he can answer. Um, and one of, the, one of the drivers, actually, was when I was working at um, a one of the large four consultancies, put it that way. Um, I had a phone call whilst I was on holiday and the opening line was like, oh, I didn't know you were on holiday. Oh, well, anyway, what I need you to do is. <laughs> nope, that's not the way holidays work. No. Um, and so from there on in, I got quite protective about it. Can I ask a question, chaps? Do, do you have separate work phones to personal ones? 
Or yes. do you just have one phone for everything? One phone yeah. for all for me. No, two. I'm one one to rule them all. And I think that's the, the challenge, Paul, that I, I tried having two phones for that exact thing, that idea of, right, right, personal life is personal life, work is work, and I'll manage two and everything. And I don't know if it's just, if it's me being daft or, or, or my lack of organisation ability. I, I couldn't, I, I had my personal phone and it was just too much hassle to have a second one with me. So my my personal phone is my work phone. My All my emails come through to that, Teams comes down, comes through to it. So I'm like you, Paul, technically I'm I'm contactable 24-7 for work, but it's it's my choice. How do you get, how do you get away from it though? How do you switch off? Uh, I, I, very good question. I don't. I think for me, it's 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 this. There's a there's a nice thing knowing that if something is bad enough for someone to actually phone me, as opposed to once once I've seen an out internally, so I've seen once and out of office and things, and if something is bad enough that I'd rather just deal with it then, um, than than knowing about it. I mean, I don't. I just, I, the, I just, I, I mean, I just don't, don't, don't get me wrong. When, yeah. You know, when, when I'm out and about I, or on holiday, I will go in and check for mails, but I will look for the ones that look like they're problematic. Mm. So yeah, that's, there is a balance, but what I want to get rid of is the silly, mm. nonsensical contact. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and, and again, like I say, I'm, I'm answering emails very much similar to yourself. I'm, I'm not, answering every single mm. inter-team query about where we're going on for the, the, the next night out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's literally issue emails, issues the emails that I can, that I can help resolve. Just to, to add to what Tom was saying, I don't want to be dead. I'd rather spend five minutes of my holidays sorting out an issue than the first two days of me coming back dealing with mm. a massive customer es- escalation. I think that's becoming more common as well, isn't it? Mm. it is and if it's it is something that you just think oh well i've sorted that now and i can almost enjoy the rest of the time off knowing that you're not going to have that when you get back and and it goes for me it goes two ways as well that you 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 the idea of um sort of a nine to five job where you go into the office at nine and you finish at five i think uh, we're all in agreement that that's that sort of gone we work in a, a modality we work in a very grown-up way I think there's a lot yeah, of um, yeah. there's a lot of flexibility given, but there's certainly a lot of, within this this industry, that's yeah, right. There's yeah. a lot of trust as well with that. That that yeah, okay. There's a lot of flexibility with it. We're not going to make you clock in and out and check your, but but ultimately things need to be things you need to get work done as well. So yeah. it's for me that helps me switch off as well, knowing that um, there's that trust in other other elements of my life. Like if I need to go and look look after my son from wife still. Um, for a bit, then I can do that in an afternoon, knowing that I can make up the time later. And mm-hmm. I think the flexibility goes both ways, which yeah. I think sometimes is 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 lost um, in in some bits of it. It's Good. certainly a privilege, Tom. Yeah, mm. it's uh... yeah. Okay, so basically, we're saying that we pretty much all work strange hours. Yeah. 24-7 office works. We all all work strange hours. Projects are going much the same as before, and something's going to happen with technology, but we don't quite know what. Put the world right here. Do you know what? what? We could have cut out the last half an hour and just summed it up as that. There we go. Yeah, that's it.
Brilliant. Really Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, that has been a good laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, it does does raise a few questions, I think, which is well the whole idea of this. But um, lovely. Thank you. Uh, so once again, uh, we had with us uh, Tom Scott, who is senior product manager, uh, and Paul Hume, who is project manager. It's quite difficult to say, isn't it? Product manager, project manager. I'm getting old, and my glasses don't work so well. Um, and uh, yes, we will be back in a couple of weeks' time, uh, where we enter into double digits with episode ten. So thank you very much, gents. No problem. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Cheerio. Bye. This is the ModPod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere.